Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle once again. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond. Two powerful hours full of the show that shakes the Southland. Your website clemsonsportstalk.com you can head over there right now and be a part of things continue to help us grow on twitter at clemson sports and of course you can hit us up on the text line that's your phone line now as well but you never text while you're driving you know the rules here on the show 803-450-0086 803-450-0086 you can be a part of the program text and call that number but never while you're driving should you ever text this show again we appreciate everybody for hanging out with us an interesting weekend certainly in sports with the ufc having some fights and maybe even more so uh, the conversations out there pertaining to one zion williamson of which i teased over on clemsonsportstalk.com that uh, i had an interesting story about this we'll talk with william quackenbush coming up in just a little bit here on the program but Zion Williamson's attorney uh, and his former marketing representative and agent, I guess you would say, uh, there's a little a little brouhaha, if you will, that's going on between these guys and, and well, not not just guys, but these individuals. And attorneys representing Zion Williamson's former marketing uh, representative and her company have asked the New Orleans Pelican Star rookie to admit that his mother and stepfather demanded and received gifts, money, and other benefits from people acting on behalf of Adidas and Nike, and also from people associated with, you guessed it, Duke, to influence him to sign with the Blue Devils and to wear Nike or Adidas products. Now, Williamson, who went on to be the number one pick, played a season at Duke University, and his attorneys have claimed that the contract was in violation of North Carolina's Uniform Athlete Agents Act because Prime Sports is not certified by the NBA Players Association nor registered uh, with the athletes with the athlete agents in North Carolina or Florida. And so because they they weren't registered, Zion was trying to back out of this deal, folks. And and now the agents say, well hold up. Not not only do we want 
damages. They're looking for $100 million in damages. But in the filings in Miami-Dade County Court, Ford's attorneys asked that Williamson admit that his mom, Sharanda Sampson, and Lee Anderson, his stepfather, demanded and received gifts and economic benefits from persons acting on behalf of Duke University directly and or indirectly to influence Williamson to attend Duke University to play basketball. Now, you may recall uh, the circumstances surrounding Clemson and Steve Smith. Steve Smith, the former Clemson Tiger assistant coach who allegedly was trying to work and navigate to get Zion Williamson to Clemson, and there were some recordings that came out that ultimately led to Steve Smith not being re-signed uh, in Tigertown. Uh, that that was brought out during these court cases back then during the NCAA corruption scandal that took place. Uh, I'm meeting with his stepdad, Smith said, of the Williamson recording to Borzillo. Uh, Borzillo, of course, being uh, Jeff Borzillo from ESPN, he said me and his stepdad are going to work it out. Now, Clemson did not renew Steve Smith's contract at that time, and Brad Brownell said in a statement, I support the decision not to renew Steve Smith's contract, and uh, Williamson ultimately ends up signing with Duke. Uh, the other demands in this are that Sampson and Anderson demanded to receive gifts and money and other benefits from persons acting on behalf of Adidas, directly or indirectly, to influence him to wear Adidas shoes and to influence Williamson to attend college, a college that endorses Adidas shoes. And before becoming a student athlete at Duke, Williamson, and or persons acting on his behalf, but not limited to Sharonda Sampson and Lee Anderson, accepted benefits from an NCAA certified agent that are expressively, and of course, those types of benefits are not expressly permitted by the NCAA legislation, and those things, according to the, the release, were between January 1st, 2014 and April 14th, 2019. So the more you dive into this, the worse it looks for Duke and Zion Williamson. And again, we're in the midst of a, uh, a situation in college sports where you know that we're on the verge of players being able to, to be paid for their likeness, etc., but there is no question in my mind looking at this circumstances and given what I remember we were talking with William Quackenbush. Uh, we were doing an interview with William Quackenbush the day that Zion Williamson was set to commit. And I recall it maybe it was the day before one way or the other. What I do remember about that and this doesn't surprised me now looking back at it and it probably sh should not have surprised me at the time but all indications were that that zion williamson was going to end up at, at clemson university and i remember I, I i'm interviewing quark and we could talk to quark about this later i'm interviewing quark and all of a sudden, he's in Little John Coliseum, by the way, doing the interview before a Clemson basketball game. Could have been a women's game. Could have been a men's game. I honestly can't remember. And I know that, that Brad Brownell at that time walked by during the interview. And so Brownell, thinking Qualk is just on a, you know, just a regular call, uh, says something to him along the lines of, you know, Hey, feeling really good about things or something that really didn't mention anybody's name, didn't. Yeah, but the in, insinuation in my mind from you know being on the other end of that conversation was okay. Tigers, the Eclipse is probably gonna 
uh, land Zion Williamson. And it was going to be the biggest commit in, in Clemson history. Whether he played a year, whether he played four years, and I don't think mattered to people. What, what mattered was this was a, a home state kid that was going to stay at home. He was going to help put Clemson's uh, profile, you know, up a couple of notches and and certainly would build the, would have built a tremendous interest in the Clemson program a year ago, would have made that basketball team a much better basketball team. And if you listen to what Brad Brownell says, and again, you know Brownell and those guys parted ways with Steve Smith after things started to come up on Steve Smith's front, uh, it, it makes it pretty easy to understand why slash how a guy like Brad Brownell could be so frustrated by the circumstances that uh, went into what took place. And, you know, one of the things that Brad Brownell said uh, when Zion committed to Duke was he said, it's a tough situation now to be running these kinds of programs and to know that there are things going on and you work your tail off and you might recruit a kid for years. The amount of times you drive to a place, the time you spend away from your family, you're at all these events and you don't get a kid spending three years of your life recruiting people. That's hard. That's really hard. And it didn't come down to anything you can control. That's hard. And then you play against guys like that. You see them in another jersey. Tough situation. Those words from Brad Brownell back in October of 2018, uh, just ahead of the 2018-2019 season. And so, again, I will say on that front, it is not surprising that Zion Williamson and top-level athletes, you knew this through the court cases that had come out over the summer uh, prior to that. You knew this after the, the, the findings that were coming out about uh, the different shoe companies and the way players were being funneled in. That doesn't surprise anybody. That never has. It also was something that was sort of an underlying pun and and a butt of jokes when it came to Zion Williamson ending up at Duke, kind of swooping in. You may recall this was a Clemson-Kentucky deal at one point, and then it was a Kansas and Clemson deal at one point, and and then out of the blue, the Blue Devils come in and and get their guy and get Zion Williamson. And and you'd be... It wouldn't take you long to dig up tweets where people were questioning that taking place, where people were wondering how that went down. And I do think that it's sad that we still live in a world where, yes, A, things like this can happen. And certainly, if, if you buy into the, you know, the, the Steve Smith conversations, uh, things were were not trending well in Clemson's favor with Steve Smith sort of heading up that recruitment either, right? So you gotta you gotta you've got to acknowledge that. You can't just avoid that fact. And and Steve Smith, remember, was trying to pull Clemson's football program uh, into those conversations as well, essentially saying, hey, uh, if the football program could get all, all these great guys, you know, we can, we we can as you know, we can too. And uh, I, I got to dig up that article though to give you the exact verbiage on it. But uh, from that standpoint, I think nobody is shocked that these things are taking place. What is 
bitterly frustrating for coaches, uh, obviously like Brad Brownell and others, is that if you are trying to do it the right way and if you are eliminating coaches on your staff who uh, people find are are doing the things that you want to avoid at your program and that you want to mitigate so that you can uh, do things the right way, then it just becomes increasingly more difficult to be successful. But the fans' goals of success and what fans feel and say about your program is not changed regardless of why a big time talent like Zion Williamson goes to Duke for a lot of the popula- for a lot of the population a lot of fans they don't care they don't care that you are dealing with that on the recruiting front they just want to win they don't care why you're not winning so uh, according to the information i just found looking back at that uh, the documentation that was going on i guess about a year ago to be exact uh, almost to the day uh, what ended up happening was in the wiretaps that took place in Las Vegas back in July of 2017, um, Chris Dawkins and an undercover FBI agent were speaking with Steve Smith about Zion Williamson and the recruitment of Zion Williamson. Uh, Smith said on the tape, that's why football is so successful. If you do it and use resources at Clemson, you really can keep everything tight. And so from that standpoint, again, this was where uh, Dan Radakovich came out and said, I think we feel very strongly that those were unfortunate comments. There is no reason to believe and nothing that we've been able to find at this point in time that implicates the football program in any of that. It was a very unfortunate choice of words. Smith, of course, was taken off of the recruit off of the road from recruiting, and then ultimately his contract was not renewed. Now the other assistant coaches on the staff, Antonio Reynolds Dean, uh, Dick Bender, they of course stayed with the program. But from the standpoint of and, you know what Steve Smith was doing and what was known it appeared even further to be a, a rogue situation because Brad Brownell if you'll recall and you could probably find the podcast didn't even know where Zion Williamson lived and Steve Smith according to uh, documents and and maybe even recordings I can't recall said something to the effect of yeah that he had to pretend like he didn't know uh, the way to Zion's house even though we already did. And so that was sort of what really kept Clemson in the clear on this front, just in terms of how they were recruiting Zion and and and, uh, and ultimately continuing to recruiting, you know, recruit him after the fact. But what is so bitterly disappointing, I think, out of all of this, again, continues to be the fact that your expectations for Clemson basketball and the success of Clemson basketball don't change. Right? And you want to do it the right way. I'm clearly for doing things the right way. And I've been the guy that's been out front many times to tell you that if ultimately uh, it comes down to, you know, things being shady with Clemson's football program and Clemson's football recruiting, rest assured that even though there is the recognition that other programs do shady things, even though there's the recognition that other programs break the rules, 
I'll be the first to hold the, the coaching staff accountable for these actions if anything like that were to ever come out. I mean, that's my job. That's, that's the role I have. But from the standpoint of Clemson basketball and the expectations to compete, man, when you, when you finally see at least in writing, and again, the, the, you know, what came out does not implicate Duke. It doesn't implicate Zion's parents by any means, but it does put, in some respects, I think, some heat on them because now you've got someone that was very close to them saying, hey, in these court documents that we're submitting, we want you to admit these things happened. We want you uh, to admit that this took place. And one would believe that the individuals uh, who are putting the heat on Zion Williamson from that standpoint is you know, former, I guess, quote-unquote agent, manager, however you want to look into it, or whatever, you know, verbiage you want to use, is, you know, it, it, it is really knowledgeable on illegal benefits that he may have taken. And now that request is out there for him to admit it. 803-450-0086. That's your text line. That's your phone line as well. Never text while you're driving. I don't know what will come of this. I, I do wonder if Duke and, and Mike Krzyzewski are uh, overly concerned or worried. It would certainly, I would believe it would open up a Pandora's box around their program uh, that would obviously put a blemish on on them that I think people have hoped for years you could they could finally get on the blue the, the Duke Blue Devils. But whether or not anything comes of this, I, I can't tell you, but what I can tell you is it does make you feel for Coach Brownell and Clemson's basketball program and the other programs that are trying to compete and trying to do it the right way and eliminating rogue coaches or people on their staff or people around the player who are trying to influence them. And I, I'm sure I'm sure I feel certain that had Zion Williamson signed with Clemson, uh, those same Questions would have been around it. Like, why would a guy like Zion sign with Clemson? Why would a guy like that? You know, I I would like I would hope and like to believe, and maybe this is naive, I, I would like to believe proximity. I would like to believe uh being the first in a program to be the top player picked in the NBA draft, to be the first player and maybe the best player, even given one year on the court that's ever been through a program would mean something to a kid. But maybe it doesn't. It may be Nike's alleged offer of $35,000 or more for Williamson uh, was enough. And those were, uh, according to the, the information I have available, were among documents, text messages, emails, and other things from 2016 to 2017 proving that Nike executives had arranged for and concealed payments, often in cash, 
to amateur basketball players and their families or their handlers. I don't know, man. You feel bad for Coach Brown now, I'll tell you that. We'll talk William Qualkenbush about it again and make sure my timeline on this thing was right uh, coming up in hour number two. 803-450-0086. It is the show that shakes the Southland. You're listening to Clemson Sports Talk on the Clemson Sports Talk radio network, including stations in Columbia, Florence, and Manning. It is the show that shakes the Southland, your show, the people show, Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan, hanging out with you here on a Monday afternoon. Again, you want to continue to talk about the Zion Williamson roller coaster, uh, the, 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 the web of confusion, if you really start diving into it deeper from all the things that have gone on uh, around college basketball and recruiting scandals. And I don't think anybody's shocked again to have Zion Williamson's name in that mix, but it is... Uh, a name that ties back heavily to Clemson from the standpoint of how close the Tigers were to landing him. We'll talk with William Qualkenbush again in hour number two a little bit about that and see if his recollection of those moments leading up to Zion Williamson's signing with the Duke Blue Devils over Clemson were as vivid as the ones I had the minute I I saw this news come out. Now, over in the SEC, there was some news over the weekend uh, out of Alabama that came out actually just after we got off the air on Friday. Alabama quarterback Talia Tungavaola decided that he's going to transfer out from Alabama. Now, Talia, of course, was thought to be the heir apparent to Tua there at at Alabama, obviously, at least down the line. But uh, we do know that there's a little bit of a backlog at the quarterback spot uh, with the Crimson Tide right now. Mac Jones, of course, is the lead dog most people thought coming into this season. But but Talia was going to challenge him, at least you would have thought. Now, with him entering the NCAA transfer portal, sort of sneaking that in uh, during the, the Friday evening News dump. Could he end up following his brother, Tua, down to Miami? Could the Miami Hurricanes maybe be the biggest benefactor or a program like South Florida, etc., just in terms of making a move? And uh, some odds have been put out on where uh, Tungavola could end up after leaving the Crimson Tide. And again, just a strange circumstance because uh, so many people thought that he would be uh, the next. What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers man up there for Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide and and golly it's it's one thing I guess if you go through spring ball and it's clear that you're not gonna move into the starting role or you know if there was some some semblance of 
yeah, I don't have a I don't have a chance at all here uh, in this system or, or whatever the circumstances were. I mean, if if you go through the year. Or, or through the spring, and Mac Jones is just kicking your teeth in, then maybe you say, hey, you know what? But you didn't have that luxury. You didn't have a spring. You didn't have a chance to really uh, get a, a litmus test on where you would be. But I do know this. The the Tungavola family is a very close family, close-knit family. Uh, but there are still many options available. And, and some of the long shots could include Auburn right there across the state. Uh, Hawaii sort of going back home, a big reach on that front. Would he be the perfect fit out west uh, at a school like Oregon and with Mario Cristobal and, and being a part of uh, the Oregon lineage that you've seen at quarterback there through the years? Uh, those would be a couple of schools that I think you could throw out there. But where it really gets interesting, uh, if you do start thinking about, again, the South Florida uh, Florida area, whether that be uh, UCF, whether that be Florida Atlantic, um, but I would venture to guess that Miami and Manny Diaz's program right now, that was sort of where my mind went right out of the gates when I saw that because, one, you know that, that Miami needs help at quarterback. I mean, they got the King kid that transferred in from Houston, but, but after this season, uh, things are going to be wide open. And uh, Tungavola could uh, take over and and then essentially be Miami's next big guy. Then his brother's right there in town. His family's right there in town. Uh, You know, this is a a family, again, that is close-knit. They are a family that wants to stay together. Whether that's just part of their culture and their heritage or just a part of being a a family member uh, in the Tungavola family, but they want to be as close together as possible. Uh, From what I understand, his family was already planning on moving to the, the South Florida area anyway to be closer to Tua. Which I don't know how you feel <laughs> if you're uh, the younger brother in this scenario, but uh, now you know how he feels, and he feels like he wants to be with his family. And if they're going to go to South Florida, uh, he wants to go to South Florida. Apparently, well, let me let me say that. Let me rephrase. If they're going to go to South Florida, he's at least leaving Alabama to maybe get a little bit closer. One would assume. Now, as far as Alabama's roster, Nikosi Perry will be King's backup this year. We do know that. And then you've got Tate Martell, who's been on that roster and played a little wide receiver, etc. But if the if if Tungabola was going to be the heir apparent and ultimately the guy that runs the system at Alabama, then. Maybe your circumstances are are just as well to go on to another program are are just as well to go on to another program and and be a part of it there closer to your family and and give yourself a chance to to start a little bit sooner. Who who knows? I mean, honestly, in this day and age, with the way kids can transfer in and out of programs, for all we know. Uh, the younger Tungabola could end up uh, at any school in the country. And another one that you might want to throw out there, I saw in an article, and it makes a lot of sense, is Maryland. Uh, you say, well, why Maryland? Well, of course, a uh, former offensive coordinator at Alabama, Mike Loxley, is the head coach at Maryland. And with the ties and the connections there to Loxley, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense 
uh, given the fact that you've got to imagine that offense is going to be very familiar to a guy like uh, Tungabaola and give him an opportunity to to play uh, as quickly as possible. So all that being said, I think the other side of this has to be, is this more about the Tungabaola family for Talia to be able to leave? Or is this, again, another indication of some blemishes, some concerns, and some things that Alabama fans need to be worried about from the standpoint uh, of their program being led by an aging Nick Saban. Again, I, I'm not trying to, to to put Saban out to pasture, but it, it does beg the question, do, do some players in that program feel like his days are winding down? Why not go somewhere else where I feel like I've got some certainty behind the timeline and my coaching staffs that I'm with? Maybe that's a part of this that we just can't really foresee at this point. But if Mac Jones is the better of the two quarterbacks, that's another thing you've got to keep in that conversation. We hit a quick break. We come back with a brand new feature Media here on the small show. Businesses across- It is the show that shakes the Southland. Lawton Swan hanging out with you here on a Monday afternoon. And and I got to tell you, last week we did a interview with John Saketa, who uh, worked in Clemson's athletic department for many years in the promotions aspect of that and uh, worked his way up and, and ultimately uh, ended up being an author on several books, including Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. And we're fortunate enough to be able to help bring you the stories from that book here on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Now, the book is available for purchase on ClemsonMascots.com, but you can also support us by going to one of our sponsors in the upstate, the Tiger Sports Shop. And uh, that's TigerSports.com to get your hands on this book. And, and you know, one of the things, too, that John and I decided we would do during this time without sports and at minimal sports at this point is give you an inside look and uh, at some of the conversations and stories that go along with that book. And the amazing thing about it, if you miss college football, it's read by Dale Gilbert. Now, some of you may not know who Dale Gilbert is, but if you're a Clemson Tiger fan, uh, Dale Gilbert is the individual who is the stadium announcer on game days, giving you the inside look at everything going on uh, in the game. And, And as it's happening inside Death Valley. So not your play-by-play man and not your color guy, but the voice announcer inside the stadium. So I thought it would do uh, very well on radio for Tiger fans to be able to hear from Dale Gilbert on the show. So we've got the foreword of that book now for you coming up here on the program in just a few moments. And then throughout the 
the rest of, I guess, the summer or the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to play some chapters and some snippets from that book for you here on the show that shakes the Southland. So it's going to be a great addition to the program and an interesting look at Clemson through the eyes of the tiger. Again, right here on the show that shakes the Southland. You can be a part of the program by texting us anytime, 803-450-0086. Without further ado, we send it out to Dale Gilbert for Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. Here is Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. The foreword was written by Mike Bays, the number one Tiger during the 1994 through 1997 academic years. Some of the lyrics of the Bob Seger song, Turn the Page, could be written about the life of a mascot. You feel the eyes upon you. Most times you can't hear them talk. Every ounce of energy you try to give away. There I am, up on the stage. As you listen to the pages of this book, you'll hear stories about some of the experiences of the students who have portrayed the Clemson University mascots, the Tiger and the Tiger Cub. We hope they'll become a history lesson for all who love Clemson, and that they'll last forever as readers pass them along at a family gathering, perhaps a tailgate, on a sports talk show, or with a weekly lunch group. The question remains the same, and the answer never changes. Is it hot in there? Anyone who has played the role of the Clemson Tiger or the Tiger Cub has been asked this question over and over. Every Clemson fan has probably had a picture or interaction with one of the mascots since the early 1950s. It could have been me who held your baby on a 95-degree day while you tried to snap a picture. Of course, I couldn't tell you that the lens cover was still on your camera due to our mascot code, the no-talk rule. I often wonder why you felt so comfortable giving your newborn to a sweating college student. Pictures are easy. However, signing autographs is very difficult for us with only three fingers and a thumb surrounded by fur. We have no grip and are not able to pull the cap off your pen. Once again, the no-talk rule had me gesturing for assistance. You allowed us to reach into that tub of popcorn and literally throw it in our faces as if we were eating it. Then we put our arms around your girlfriend or your spouse for a picture, and you think it's great when we start flirting with them. Finally, as your child misbehaved by grabbing our tail, we placed them in the trash can, and you laughed while taking another picture. Why do you let us do this? Because the tiger and tiger cub are playful, trustworthy characters who value your prized possessions as one of their own. We don't grow up with the ambition of being a mascot. There's something in these hills which enables us to find our destiny to become either the tiger or the tiger cub. Everyone has their own story. I recall being introduced to Clemson in 1990 by way of my sister, Allison. She had chosen to attend Clemson, a university 720 miles away from our home in Pennsylvania. Our family made the trip to Clemson three times a year to see her march in Tiger Band and to watch the Tigers play. I was the class clown of my high school, so I was somewhat prepared for being a college mascot. Three years later, after enrolling in Clemson while moving equipment for Tiger Band, I was fortunate enough to meet Chase Nichols, who was the current Tiger. Chase was the person who encouraged me to attend tryouts with the goal of becoming the next Tiger. A small fraction of the former and current Clemson students have had the opportunity to be one of our mascots, goodwill ambassadors for our university. 
To be the most popular person or creature on campus, it was just like being Superman, even though you didn't know who we really were outside of the suit. Today, I am still the tiger and, like my counterparts, will always be the tiger. Since 1998, I've been judging our mascot tryouts, which allows me a chance to know each new tiger. We all have been introduced to someone as the Clemson Tiger. In 2014, I made it my mission to reach out to every Tiger and Tiger Cub mascot for a reunion. Some of us had never met, but that didn't matter. Our names are listed on the back of the push-up board, and I always wondered who these people were. When it all came together, the day was magical as I saw a bunch of me's dating back to the 1950s. There was not enough time to tell all the stories as we lined up on the field that homecoming evening to be welcomed back to Clemson. We had the opportunity to be honored outside of the suit together as one. Of all of my memories at Clemson, this was the greatest. What you're about to hear are some stories that have been kept secret for years. I hope you enjoy our insight into the great experience, Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. Oh yeah, it was, and still is, hot in that suit. Some of the mascots in the 1950s and 60s were omitted due to the lack of accurate information from one or more source. If you were one of these mascots, please contact the author so your story can be added to future publications of this book. How awesome is that? We're going to be running those for you. Probably we'll try to pull those out on a Monday, maybe in this same segment for some continuity for you, uh, especially when they fit. And some of them may be a little extended, but we'll give you about seven minutes of that book each week. Really cool to hear hear Dale Gilbert, right? (laughs) Man, I hope you get to hear Dale Gilbert in Death Valley coming up this fall. We hit a quick break and come back with more of the show that shakes the Southland. It's me and you, Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan on a Monday. William Qualkenbush around the bend. He'll be joining us uh, at the top of the hour. I'm telling you, if, if listening to Dale Gilbert, like, so there are people in your life you come in you know, in contact with, you go, oh, I wish that person would read me a bedtime story. Dale Gilbert's not on that list for me, okay? <laughs> but there there are certainly some people that you want to hear their voice because it takes you somewhere. And Dale Gilbert's voice, if it doesn't take you to Death Valley, shame on you because you hadn't been in the valley enough. And and maybe that's not maybe that's not your fault. Maybe it's not shame on you. Make your way up to Clemson when you can and and, and get a piece of Dale Gilbert's voice in your life. 803-450-0086 803-450 0086. Obviously, we talked a good bit about Zion Williamson out, out of the gate. We'll get uh, back around on that front with William Qualkenbush coming up in hour number two because I am intrigued to see if his recollection of that moment was the same as as mine when Brad Brownell inadvertently uh, came on the air on the show that shakes the Southland and and he didn't make a statement about Zion Williamson he didn't say any names or anything and they can't talk about names but it was certainly a thing about hey I'm feeling really good about tomorrow and tomorrow was going to be the day that Zion committed and so to to find out that Duke swooped in at the last moment hmm now the circumstances that uh, are at least playing out in a court of law well yes 
<laughs> I guess you would say uh, it's going to play out. I did watch some of the Jordan documentary. I know you've been hanging on my every word on that front because I have slow played my hand. I think the majority of you are through episode eight. I, however, am only through five episodes. So I did watch last night some of the episodes from last week. And I, I am. I'm continuing to to uh, move through this thing slower than most. Not because I don't respect Michael Jordan. Not because I'm not interested. But uh, I recognize that if I watch it all immediately, uh, all of a sudden, there's really not much to watch. And so from that standpoint, I, I've i kind of decided that I'm not going to go all in on this thing uh, immediately. By the way, I'll tell you what else we're going to do, too, for the, anybody that joins us in hour two. We'll, we'll re-rack that uh, Dale Gilbert in hour two in that same segment. So we'll have William Qualkenbush on the show coming up at the top of the hour. And then uh, I want to talk a little bit more about some of my thoughts on uh, college football this coming season and and what that could ultimately look like as well. So we got a, we got a lot to get to here on the program on a Monday. And the the, the UFC took place this past weekend and I, I know that as we were going off the air on Friday, we kind of discussed, hey, you know, it's pretty cool you're going to get some live sports. I tried to watch some of the preliminary matchups and it just didn't do it I'll, I'll be honest I don't watch um I don't watch mixed martial arts normally not not often but watching it with very few people in attendance was hard I mean it was really hard and I, I don't know that that's gonna get any better quite frankly as a matter of fact as little as I watch MMA, in the UFC, I would assume that if I turned it on and it was an old match with fans in attendance, outside of knowing there were fans in attendance, I wouldn't know that it was fake. Or excuse me, that it wasn't like live, like now. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't know that it's, uh, other than fans being there, I would enjoy it more. I wouldn't care that it was dated. And I think that is the struggle that we are going to see with all these sports is that without fans, I know everybody thinks the game and the venues and the events are about the players on the field and on the court, but there is a large part of what makes sports fun to watch that involves you, the fan. And trying to watch sports without fans was not fun. It was it was painful. I couldn't do it. And so I ended up not watching much of it at all, as a matter of fact, uh, over the weekend. I don't know what your thoughts were. You could text us. So what do you think? Sports without fans, you're getting a little taste of it now. WrestleMania, eh. Uh, UFC, eh. It hasn't really worked with limited fans or or no fans. Text us, 803-450-0086. Never while you're driving, your thoughts on that front. I mean, am I way off base or am I all over it? I feel like I'm all over it. I feel like I am all over it. By the way, I am also still all over that Jordan documentary. I'm just not as far all over it as you guys. (laughs) I've got a a little lift and left to do. 
803-450-0086. That's your number, 803-450-0086. Don't forget about the website, too, now. ClemsonSportsTalk.com. ClemsonSportsTalk.com. You can head over there right now. Check it out. Uh, part of our interview with Terrell T. Mac, Terrell Boogie McIntyre is up over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Go check that out. we got lots of great interviews coming out of the archives for you as well uh, over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. We hit a quick break, top of the hour, and around the bend, our good buddy William Qualkenbush joins the program. We'll get his take on the weekend at large and sports without fans after this. Stay with us on the show that shakes the Southwest. Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle once again. You know what? I messed that up, isn't it? It is our number two. A little weird. A little weird sometimes here. Still doing the show from home, trying to get used to it. Uh, William Quackenbush joining us momentarily here on the show today. So uh, out of the gates in our number two, uh, stumbling just a bit, giving you the hour one intro. But we're back. We got you. And we're still trying to get hooked up with Qualk here on the program. And hopefully uh, we'll get up with him to be able to talk a little bit about college football. And, of course, I know so many of you uh, want to find out, are we going to have a season or not? And it feels like every week we take a step closer and closer to that reality going one way or the other. I I hesitate, and I hope you don't think uh, without uh, being smart about this, but I, I hesitate to give you a definitive yay or nay on the college football I can't come season. to my phone right now. Uh-oh. Qual can't come to the phone right now. That's, no, that's not good. Probably get up with him again here uh, momentarily. We'll see if we can't pull... Uh, William Qualkenbush on the show that shakes the Southland. So uh, the bad part of this is if I if I if he tries to call me, yeah, which he did. There he is, Qualk. You there, buddy? I got you, buddy. Sorry hey, about that. No, nah, you're good, man. You're good. And I know you were trying to call back when I tried to call you back, but I've got this thing where it does not take calls, so we don't get buzzed on the air. <laughs> you know? I hear you. It makes sense. Uh, you thought of everything, and and I'm not surprised. Qualk, um. First off, I want to talk about Zion Williamson. I, I didn't get a chance to listen to you and Kelly today, but I'm, I'm assuming this was a topic on your show at some point along the way. Refresh my memory for a minute, though, okay? Because I told this story in hour one. You were on the phone with me. We were doing an interview on the radio show, and you, I think you were at Little John Coliseum, and Brad Brownell comes walking by during the interview. Are, are you? Do you remember this at all? I recall, yes. Okay, and I think it was the day before 
Zion's signing. And, of course, the coach's staff can't talk about players and say their names, etc. And he didn't. But he said something to the effect of while talking to you, he's like, you know, something like big day tomorrow or, you know, something along those lines that you and I both, when he kind of walked off, we were both like, whoa, that makes you feel like they think they're going to get Zion Williamson. Then you read the news today, and it just sort of furthers, I would say, uh, one, the justification of things that people were saying after he committed to Duke, and two, it really makes you feel for a guy like Brad Brownell, who's obviously trying to do things the right way. Yeah, look, and I'll be upfront with you, we barely grazed Zion Williamson today for two reasons. One, because I feel like there's more news in our demographic being broken on the 1998 Bulls than there is on Zion Williamson for us. Now, again, Zion, and we're going to talk about a little bit more tomorrow because I do think there's a distinction here. I don't think what happened yesterday is necessarily newsworthy from the standpoint that we didn't find out anything. All they've done is produce court documents that are asking the same questions that all of us have already asked and answered for ourselves. For instance, if you don't think that Zion Williamson got some sort of kickback in his recruiting to go to Duke, then there are two things that are true about you. One, you don't know how Duke has operated for the last 20, 25, 30 years. It doesn't take away from Mike Krzyzewski's greatness as a coach, or it doesn't take away from his ability as a tactician or program builder to suggest that he might be helping parents get jobs. Chris Duhon, anyone? He might be helping people get set up up there. Nike. Uh, doing the same stuff that Adidas is doing. I mean, look, Merle Code was one of my uh, childhood heroes. The guy spent months in jail for uh, for stuff he did at Adidas. Guess where he worked before he was at Adidas? Nike. Guess who he dealt with at Clemson? Steve Smith, who's right in the middle of this uh, this Zion Williamson situation. Right. I'm just telling you, if you don't think people are going to do with kickbacks, you're absolutely a moron. You shouldn't be trusted on anything in life because you don't have a clue what you're talking about. So that's number one. Number two. We certainly know that Zion Williamson picked Duke, uh, I guess, here in the local area, to the bewilderment of the coaching staff here. What you just talked about is correct. Every single bit of information that I was getting from Clemson and that people around the program were getting was that the signs were pointing positively in Clemson's direction toward picking up Zion Williamson. And then Zion Williamson chose Duke. If you don't know any of those things, if, you, if there's no context, picking Zion Williamson, uh, excuse me, Zion Williamson picking Duke is not really that big of a newsbreaker, particularly given that, one, top-rated prospects are going to Duke forever, so that's, that's the, you know, something there. And number two, because of what he said about brotherhood, trying to create, you know, the, the marketing language that he used, trying to build a brand, that kind of stuff, you can do that at Duke. Much like people come to Clemson to try to do that in football, People go to Duke to try to do that in basketball. It makes total sense. What I think is interesting about it, what happened yesterday is, uh, you know, not only are there allegations being made about Nike, but there's also allegations being made about Adidas, saying that maybe uh, some parents had their parents or, you know, some other representatives may have had their hands in multiple cookie jars. Right. That is particularly of interest. You also find out if that's the way the game is played, I think you do feel a sense of frustration for Brad Brinell. And I, I, I've told people this, and I've often speculated, because I've never gotten anybody on record, or really even off record, to talk about this a whole lot. But Steve Smith, the, the reason that Steve Smith is no longer at Clemson and is now at Florida State, just for the record, 
I believe has a lot more to do with the way he conducted himself rather than what he actually did. I think the fact that he was caught on a, you know, on some sort of a wire, uh, joking about having to lie to Brad Brownell about not knowing where Zion's family lived, that's right. a violation. And it's also insubordinate. That's not good. And it also begs the question, if this was what it was going to take to bring Zion Williamson into the fold at Clemson, if you knew that there was potential for goods and services being exchanged, let's say, then why were you in that room in Vegas in the first place? Why did we see your face on HBO on, uh, on that documentary, The Scheme? Why were you having these discussions with, uh, you know, white-suited characters outside the facility when you're being wiretapped, talking about, you know, putting Dabo Swinney and football's name in your mouth? Why was any of this happening? Shouldn't you have just basically moved on instead of being so naive to think that you could be without any inducement, some system that was providing inducement to the family? I feel like those are the questions for Clemson fans that are particularly frustrating, and for Brad right now that are frustrating, because it's another example, and I think Matt Conley shared this quote of, you can, you know, Brad Brownell's general frustration, the Bryce Johnson frustration, not, not as much about the, you know, illicit recruiting and things like that, but the Bryce Johnson frustration, the Luke May frustration, the Josiah James frustration, just to name a few of guys that you could be in on forever and ever yeah. and ever and ever. They get that one offer and they're totally gone and you've wasted a bunch of time and effort. And in basketball, that's a bigger deal than football. We know Clemson does that to some other kids as well. Yes, and and it's amazing because right now where Clemson sits on, on foot, in football circles, you know, if they find a kid that they want, if they offer that kid, because they don't offer a lot of kids anyway, and it's committable, they kind of get who they want. So they, they're on the opposite side of that spectrum right now. So on one hand, you see clearly uh, the – the difference in in power brokers in college basketball and and it also affects you I think in football William Qualkenbush is on Twitter at Qualk Talk and and again I don't want to make this all about uh, the Zion Williamson deal but I, I could not help when that news came out and they were saying you know what they would like him to admit to I was thinking about us and I said man I feel like Qualk was on the air when that took place I said I have to ask him in hour two now Qualk from the standpoint of Duke and Coach K, do they need to be concerned with any of this at this point? No, because, uh, listen, if if this comes out somehow that Nike provided some incentive uh, to uh, get Zion Williamson to Duke because Coach K's not an idiot, they're doing that through some sort of a back channel, something. And let's be clear about this, too. The NCAA has no subpoena power. So if Zion Williamson's answering yes or no to these things, the worst they can do is just take down what? The, the non-national championship that they want? I mean, right. you're going you're gonna to vacate if you wins or whatever. I mean, what is this? I, I don't feel like there's anything there. As far as long-term, Kansas has a 90-plus page in uh, the NCAA with notice of allegations or whatever it is. I, I would call it an NCAA indictment where the right. NCAA is basically saying, here's what we think you did. And Kansas basically gave him the middle finger and set up yours. And uh, they're like, you guys suck. You can't do anything. We're Kansas. We're bigger than this. If, <laughs> if that's all that's going to happen, yeah. then why wouldn't Duke say the same thing? You know what? Shut up. You can shove it. We're not going uh, to believe any of this. We, we deny these allegations, and you're not going to be able to prove otherwise. Because Zion Williamson saying yes or no that they were offered inducements by blah, 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 or said inducements by blah, 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 blah. They're not going to name names. And even then, 
I, I've said this before. I probably said it on your show. I believe that what happened with the FBI probing the college basketball from a justice standpoint was a grave injustice. Because what happened, what, what guys were actually convicted for was perpetuating fraud, which means that they had to fraudulently offer some sort of a service or some sort of a, a worker, some sort of a, an offering to schools who were blind to whatever the fraud was being committed. In other words, the schools aren't in on it. You mean to tell me Louisville didn't know that there were inducements to try to get, uh, you know, Brian Bowen and some of those guys? You mean to tell me that Arizona, whose head coach is on the phone with the guy, Christian Donnie, who's going to jail, talking <laughs> right. about guys? You mean to tell me Will Wade didn't know the guys? Were These guys all know. Bill Self knows. Coach K knows. Everybody knows. It, the way this has happened to me is like the worst thing in the world for college basketball because – basically the opposite has happened from cleaning it up. It's actually gotten more dirty because the people who are trying to clean it up don't even know what's clean and what's dirty. They're just sweeping dirt from one pile to another, and they're not actually helping anything by putting a few people in jail for reasons that if you're a college basketball fan, you have to know are completely and totally illogical. It is very frustrating for me, particularly given – uh, how close I am with the basketball staff here at Clemson, to know that they are trying to do things the right way, that there is some light at the end of the tunnel as far as cleaning up college basketball, and then right when you see the light, you just take a left turn and drive the car right into the cave wall. That's exactly what this FBI investigation, what the NCA are constantly doing. And to me, it's not getting better, it's getting worse, because schools are now even more brazen because they know if push comes to shove, they can fire the coach and fire the administrator and fire all these people. And the only fall guys are going to be the shoe companies and the AAU people and the runners for agents because the schools can say they can clutch their pearls and say, uh, my stars, I didn't know anything was going on here. My goodness, and pass out in the courtroom. And yeah, they can dry. play the victim. And yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that that's what we're uh, – that that's what we set up here. Well, and it drives me nuts, too, that we've hit that point with uh, amateur athletics. And, and I, I wonder, I don't think it's going to change with the licensing deal, licensing deal, you know, image and likeness when that comes down. But that's kind of where we are. And basketball seems to be just ugh, terrible. William Qualkenbush here for a few more minutes. All right, Qualk, speaking of money, uh, Deshaun Watson has a chance to become – uh, the highest-paid player in NFL history uh, if his new deal, reportedly, according to the Houston Chronicle, in a range of 40 to $42 million guaranteed per season. Holy smokes. You know what? This is news to me. I knew they were negotiating, but that uh, 40 to 42, I guess that's a that's a uh, negotiation. You're going to have to help me out a little bit on this. That's a negotiation that's going to be completed this offseason. Yes, I think yeah, thin. they're working on it right now. They had you know they had a chance to, I, I guess, go ahead and get this done sooner, but they you know took his fifth year option and now they're working to finalize that. But yeah, okay, big, big money. Right, so here's here's what I'll say there. First thing, this this would actually be kind of a weird time. I mean, I know he really doesn't have a choice. He's trying to get a long term deal regardless. This is a weird time to re up like this because if you're re upping the richest contract. Dak Prescott's contract's probably going to blow it out. I know the Cowboys are talking a big game right now. There's too much pressure for them to be good. They're, they're not going to let Dak Prescott walk on the second contract. There's just no, there's no way that that's happening. I think Dak wants to be the highest-paid guy in the NFL. It's silliness. The second thing is, if I'm the Texans, and I look at Deshaun Watson from the standpoint of value within the league, 
The Texans are a team that I, I'm not even sure what stage they're in. They, they're in like poorly managed purgatory right now where they've got some hefty contracts. They, they're a lot like the Falcons, honestly. They've got enough hefty contracts to feel good <laughs> about your core, but they're a little bit on edge. Like if things go bad, they're going to go really bad, and you're not really able to fix it. You've traded a lot of draft capital. You signed some guys to bad contracts that are really hurting you. You've had to get out of some bad contracts by attaching valuable things like draft picks to them or by getting less of a return, like for Jadavian Clowney, for instance. Uh, This feels like really something that if I'm Houston, unless I'm going to try to set myself up with better assets for the future, I can really get hamstrung by this Deshaun Watson contract. I think both sides ought to be careful. Now, Deshaun Watson making $40 million a year, Go for it. I don't care what – look, I don't know how terrible and, and garbage that offensive line is. I'll get sacked 100 times for $40 million, as long as I can pop back up every time. I'm good with that. But from a Texas standpoint, they need to be careful with that. And if you're a Clemson fan and you want Deshaun to be in a good situation, you also got to hope that Houston knows what to do with the rest of the cap. Furthermore, and this is, this is my final point on this, Swanee, we don't know what the revenue situation is going to be in the NFL. Right. Much like the NBA when it had that massive jump. You know, in salaries, the NFL may have a little bit of a creep down if things don't go well this next season. So, I don't know. That contract may be something that both sides, uh, well, particularly Houston, might want to get out of in a couple years if the uh, coffers aren't quite as full. Well, and that's what I was going to say. You just don't know what revenues are going to look like, but it would make Deshaun Watson the highest-paid player for a little while at least until maybe Mahomes, you mentioned Prescott, etc., but... Right now, uh, Russell Wilson's thirty-five million dollar deal would be the market. Watson would jump to forty to forty-two million potentially. That's a that's a ton of cash. Maybe you write a check back to Clemson. You think he'll have a little extra laying around? Look, I think so, man. Uh, you can't have that Clemson family without uh, you know sending a little money home to mom and dad on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Yeah, don't forget you know the guys. Don't forget the guys that interviewed you, right? Take care of the guys that interviewed you, right. Deshaun. It's that, that's exactly right. Just a little cut. Just so that we're not asking much. We're just asking for a little bit, just to just to keep uh, keep the wheels grease, you know. <laughs> a smidgen, Qualt, buddy. Thanks for a smidgen of your time, my man. Thanks, Wani. Always a pleasure. Be good. On Twitter, he's at Qualt Talk again, hanging out with us here on the program today uh, for a few minutes and. Uh, coming up here in, in just a little bit, we'll dive into some of my thoughts on the uh, college football season and uh, how that could end up playing out. I, I think it could be very, very interesting to say the least with uh, how some things are unfolding with the COVID-19, which we managed to not talk about a whole lot. I hope you recognize that about this program. We try to avoid we we try to avoid COVID-19 in real life. We try to avoid it on the show. We try to avoid it uh, any way possible. But I, I do want to talk through some ideas about the college football season that we've got. Of course, we'll re-rack that Dale Gilbert segment for you in hour number two. Uh, a short little segment about Clemson through the eyes of the Tiger. Uh, the legendary Clemson Tiger, Mike Bays, reading that. Now, I do wonder... Outside of I think holding the push up record, what I need to I need to get Mike Bays on the show again. I, I want to know what is it about being the tiger for him that made like he's sort of symbolic 
as the tiger. Like he's sort of the guy that most people think of. Dude, I, I, like are the other tigers jealous of Mike Bays? Like if you're a former tiger, text us 803-450-0086. Never text while you're driving. Are you a little jealous of one Mike Bays who <laughs> for whatever reason so many people, at least my age, maybe maybe it's just cuz I'm I'm about his age that that's who I see as the tiger. Maybe you you see somebody else, but I feel like Mike kind of came along when you pushed the envelope and it was a little more known who this person was because of the internet and, and things of that nature. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I'll give you my thoughts on the college football season on May 11th right after this. This is iHeartRadio Breaking News. Governor Henry McMaster today announced the reopening of close contact services as of 12.01 a.m. Monday, May 18th. At that time, barbershops, hair and nail salons, massage parlors, gyms and other fitness facilities may reopen with social distancing and hygiene restrictions. In addition, athletic facilities, athletic fields and pools, both public and private, may reopen as well. The governor also announcing the state government workers who had been deemed non-essential would begin to go back to government offices and phases, with the first group heading back to work no later than June 1st. Again, the governor ordering the reopening of close contact services across the state as of 12.01 a.m. this coming Monday, May 18th. This is iHeartRadio Breaking News. Fox Sports Radio 1400 wants to help with a chance at $1,000. Text the nationwide keyword THANKS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info, standard data and message rate supply in this nationwide contest. That's THANKS to 200-200. Now, Columbia's most dependable traffic, sponsored by Pope Davis Tire and Automotive, home of the best tire prices in Columbia, guaranteed. Fox Sports Radio 1400 traffic. Wreck on Bush River at Westcott will slow you down a little bit. Also a tie-up, Watling Road at Hazelwood Court. And just in, an accident, I-20 westbound at the Broad River Road exit. I'm Rob Sanders. You can reach out to me on the 103.5 FM WVOC traffic tip line, 343-1055. This report is sponsored by Compassion International. It's easier to change the world than you think. Sponsor a child in extreme poverty with Compassion International, and you will change the world for that child. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 to sponsor right now. Group training is a fun, accountable way to get in shape. I'm Coach Stewart of Dynamic Health and Fitness. Come train with one of our special groups today. We will focus on giving you the support you need to get in shape. We use the Dynamic Mob, featuring intervals of cardio, functional training, and strength training to change your lifestyle to make you healthy. Get started today at any of our locations in Lexington or West Columbia, or call 803-408-4060 or online at Dynamic Health club.com it's the key to Made the move now? Relocating? While you're at home, you can shop for a new home. Design your house with a mouse at EssexHomes.net. Tour homes online. Schedule a virtual appointment. Need a private one-on-one visit? And chat with a specialist today. Stay safe and keep others safe by calling or clicking today. It's the key to better living. Protect yourself and those you love from COVID-19. People in our community are getting sick and even dying. If you're 65 or older or have conditions like diabetes, heart disease, or lung disease, 
you're at greater risk of getting seriously ill, stay well by staying home as much as possible and taking your prescribed medications. If you must go out for work or essential items, avoid close contact with others and wash your hands often. Visit scdhec.gov slash COVID-19. Ever think of light bulbs as being cool? They are if you choose energy-efficient bulbs and fixtures that have earned the government's Energy Star label. They're so hot, they're cool. Because they burn cool and last up to 10 times longer, you save money and oodles of energy. Change a light, help the environment, save some green. The solution is as close as your nearest lamp socket. Brighten your environmental future. From the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Stay on top of today's pop culture. Ace and TJ Mornings and today's hit music all day on 104.7 WNOK. It is the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk on a Monday. Lawton Swan, appreciate William Qualkenbush for joining us just a few minutes ago to kind of get his thoughts on everything going on in the world of Zion Williamson and Clemson football, et cetera, as we kind of roll on through the college football offseason in hopes of a season down the line. 803-450-0086-803. 450-0086 your website clemsonsportstalk.com we'd encourage you to head over there right now and consider joining what we've built so far over the past three years and looking for another great year with you just $63.17 that's right I said it Gamecock Nation 63 <laughs> come over that's 18 cents a day Tiger fans to be a part help support us and help us continue to grow and we've got some great giveaways coming just to, I'll be honest as much as people are getting stuff in the mail and sending things I've still been very hesitant about mailing t-shirts and having to go to the post office etc to do all that but uh, we have a box in our studio now at home our home studios filled with clemson sports talk memorabilia i guess you'd call it memor uh swag <laughs> i guess it's not swag because it's not stuff we all get but we're gonna, we are going to do some giveaways over on the website for a lot of our subscribers and then some people that will be coming in new so we've got stuff for uh, old and new over on clemsonsportstalk.com now the college football season look whether it gets here or not on time, I, I don't know. I, I will tell you that I think th- the best news about this is the fact that it's not overly difficult, in my opinion, uh, or let me let me rephrase this. It's not as difficult, in my opinion, to move the schedule around if that's indeed what has to happen. And here's the thing. You've got to think of this differently than maybe you're accustomed to. Because I think when we start to talk about shifting the schedule around, people think, oh goodness, well if you're if you're supposed to play September the third against Georgia Tech and the season gets backed up a couple of weeks, then maybe you're playing Georgia Tech on September the nineteenth. I, I don't see it working out that way. I don't think the schedule is going to be completely revamped in order to keep the continuity of the dates. 
what that means is that the South Carolina game, which is expected to be played on November the 28th, my contention would be that if you have a season, that game will still be played on November the 28th. What I think would happen would be, let's say that the college football season doesn't kick off until October. So October the 2nd is Clemson's first game uh, of the season in that scenario in my mind, and that's going to be a road game at Boston College. What would happen then, and hey look, if you think I'm wrong, text me, 803-450-0086. What would happen then in my mind would be that the Georgia Tech game, the Louisville game, the Akron game and the Virginia game, games that were all going to take place before that Clemson-Boston College game on October the 2nd, would then be placed on the back end of the schedule. And I think that that's the easiest scenario to pull it off. Now, that's going to clearly impact bowl games. It's going to potentially push a, a change in when the college football playoff and championship games will be played. But I think when you minimize the number of teams that are impacted by this, it just makes it easier. Like To try to jump everybody's schedule around and back games up week by week is a nightmare for facilities, uh, etc. It's still going to be tough in this scenario, but what I can guarantee you is, is that on November the 7th, the Notre Dame fighting Irish are planning on playing the Clemson Tigers at 7.30 on NBC, and in my scenario, that can continue to be the same. And so the majority of games would not have to be moved. The majority of games would stay exactly where they are. Yeah, it would be weird playing four games after the South Carolina game on the back end of the schedule. I think that our hope, uh, at least my hope, would be that maybe you don't have to move but two or three games, thus not extend. I don't know that it's going to be easy on any of the teams at any point, but in this scenario, what you do absolutely change is the number of games that have to be rescheduled. And if you started a week late, big whoop. If you started two weeks late, not a big deal. Up until you get into the point of starting five and six weeks late into the season, does it really, in my opinion, become a true hindrance to completing the college campaign? Because, and not even necessarily completing it, but completing it without shifting things tremendously because what you would do at that point is you'd start to impact bowl games. You'd start to impact the college bowl season and the college football playoff. And that's where a lot of the stuff would be dramatically affected. Now, on the flip side of that, one could argue, coming off of the heels of the coronavirus, etc., that maybe bowl games will be eliminated for a year or just a handful of bowl games will be played. It's really it's really tough to, to say for sure, but I feel fairly confident in the fact that what we are looking at is a situation where you would have front end of the schedule shifted to the back in order to alleviate having to change a multitude of games on the schedule. It just makes more sense that way. 803-450-0086. That's your text line. Never while you're driving. Feel free to text a program. You can also give us a call on that number. And again, it is 803-450-0086. Your website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. And you know, in hour number one, 
we dropped the audio from uh, Clemson through the eyes of the Tiger with Dale Gilbert sharing that for us. For those of you just joining us here in hour number two, we'll give you a little snippet of what that's going to look like as well as we'll re-rack that segment for you here on the show, The Shakes of Southland. Stay with us. It is Clemson Sports Talk. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Lawton Swan hanging out with you here on a Monday afternoon. And and I got to tell you, last week we did a interview with John Sacchetta, who uh, worked in Clemson's athletic department for many years in the promotions aspect of that and uh, worked his way up and, and ultimately uh, ended up being an author on several books, including Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. And we're fortunate enough to be able to help bring you the stories from that book here uh, on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Now, the book is available for purchase on ClemsonMascots.com, but you can also support us by going to one of our sponsors in the upstate, the Tiger Sports Shop. And uh, that's TigerSports.com to get your hands on this book. And, and you know, one of the things, too, that John and I decided we would do during this time without sports and at minimal sports at this point is give you an inside look and uh, at some of the conversations and stories that go along with that book. And the amazing thing about it, if you miss college football, it's read by Dale Gilbert. Now, some of you may not know who Dale Gilbert is, but if you're a Clemson Tiger fan, uh, Dale Gilbert is the individual who is the stadium announcer on game days, giving you the inside look at everything going on uh, in the game. And, and as it's happening inside Death Valley. So not your play-by-play man and not your color guy, but the voice announcer inside the stadium. So I thought it would do uh, very well on radio for Tiger fans to be able to hear from Dale Gilbert on the show. So we've got the foreword of that book now for you coming up here on the program in just a few moments. And then throughout the rest of, I guess, the summer or the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to play some chapters and some snippets from that book for you here on the show that shakes the Southland. So it's going to be a great addition to the program and an interesting look at Clemson through the eyes of the Tiger. Again, right here on the show that shakes the Southland. You can be a part of the program by texting us anytime, 803-450-0086. Without further ado, we send it out to Dale Gilbert for Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. Here is Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. The foreword was written by Mike Bays, the number one Tiger during the 1994 through 1997 academic years. Some of the lyrics of the Bob Seger song, Turn the Page, could be written about the life of a mascot. You feel the eyes upon you. Most times you can't hear them talk. Every ounce of energy you try to give away. There I am, up on the stage. As you listen to the pages of this book, you'll hear stories about some of the experiences of the students who have portrayed the Clemson University mascots, the Tiger and the Tiger Cub. We hope they'll become a history lesson for all who love Clemson, and that they'll last forever as readers pass them along at a family gathering, perhaps a tailgate, on a sports talk show, or with a weekly lunch group. The question remains the same, and the answer never changes. 
Is it hot in there? Anyone who has played the role of the Clemson Tiger or the Tiger Cub has been asked this question over and over. Every Clemson fan has probably had a picture or interaction with one of the mascots since the early 1950s. It could have been me who held your baby on a 95-degree day while you tried to snap a picture. Of course, I couldn't tell you that the lens cover was still on your camera due to our mascot code, the no-talk rule. I often wonder why you felt so comfortable giving your newborn to a sweating college student. Pictures are easy. However, signing autographs is very difficult for us with only three fingers and a thumb surrounded by fur. We have no grip and are not able to pull the cap off your pen. Once again, the no-talk rule had me gesturing for assistance. You allowed us to reach into that tub of popcorn and literally throw it in our faces as if we were eating it. Then we put our arms around your girlfriend or your spouse for a picture, and you think it's great when we start flirting with them. Finally, as your child misbehaved by grabbing our tail, we placed them in the trash can, and you laughed while taking another picture. Why do you let us do this? Because the tiger and tiger cub are playful, trustworthy characters who value your prized possessions as one of their own. We don't grow up with the ambition of being a mascot. There's something in these hills which enables us to find our destiny to become either the tiger or the tiger cub. Everyone has their own story. I recall being introduced to Clemson in 1990 by way of my sister, Allison. She had chosen to attend Clemson, a university 720 miles away from our home in Pennsylvania. Our family made the trip to Clemson three times a year to see her march in Tiger Band and to watch the Tigers play. I was the class clown of my high school, so I was somewhat prepared for being a college mascot. Three years later, after enrolling in Clemson while moving equipment for Tiger Band, I was fortunate enough to meet Chase Nichols, who was the current Tiger. Chase was the person who encouraged me to attend tryouts with the goal of becoming the next Tiger. A small fraction of the former and current Clemson students have had the opportunity to be one of our mascots, goodwill ambassadors for our university. To be the most popular person or creature on campus, it was just like being Superman, even though you didn't know who we really were outside of the suit. Today, I am still the Tiger, and like my counterparts, will always be the Tiger. Since 1998, I've been judging our mascot tryouts, which allows me a chance to know each new Tiger. We all have been introduced to someone as the Clemson Tiger. In 2014, I made it my mission to reach out to every Tiger and Tiger Cub mascot for a reunion. Some of us had never met, but that didn't matter. Our names are listed on the back of the push-up board, and I always wondered who these people were. When it all came together, the day was magical as I saw a bunch of me's dating back to the 1950s. There was not enough time to tell all the stories as we lined up on the field that homecoming evening to be welcomed back to Clemson. We had the opportunity to be honored outside of the suit together as one. Of all of my memories at Clemson, this was the greatest. What you're about to hear are some stories that have been kept secret for years. I hope you enjoy our insight into the great experience, Clemson through the eyes of the tiger. Oh yeah, it was and still is hot in that suit. Some of the mascots in the 1950s and 60s were omitted due to the lack of accurate information from one or more source. If you were one of these mascots, please contact the author so your story can be added to future publications of this book.
There you go. Clemson through the eyes of the Tiger. Dale Gilbert reading it, and we're going to try to bring you that during the show on Mondays uh, up until the college football season. Awesome. ClemsonSportsTalk.com at your website. Listen, read, post. No other site with as much digital content as Clemson Sports Talk. That's ClemsonRadio.com as well if you just want to save yourself some keystrokes. Stay with us. Final say. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. segment on a Monday and doing the show from home. See if you agree with this statement. Barbecues, grilling out, whatever you call it, wherever you're from, we could have that debate for another day. That could go two hours. But somebody barbecuing, somebody grilling out always smells better than when you're grilling out. And I I don't understand that at all. I'm I'm guessing it is the McDonald's french fry principle, which clearly states that someone else's french fries taste better than your own. I don't know why that works that way either. But sitting here at the house, I got the windows up with a nice breeze blowing through the Palatial 108 Studios. And I just picture like Fred Flintstone in the backyard with a big rack of ribs cooking them up. Oh my gracious sakes alive. And, and, and here's the other thing: like you can't, you can't ever really decipher which direction to walk. Is it rude to peek over the fence? Hey, John, they get some of that barbecue. I smell it down the street. Appreciate William Qualkinbush. What do you think? Give us some feedback on the uh, Dale Gilbert feature too. Uh, send us a text, 803-450-0086. Never while you're driving, let us know. Are you excited to hear those? Or are you like, nah, Swanee, I don't think so. I think it's going to be great. Again, the book, Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. I think I, I said at the wrong website earlier. I said Tiger Mascots. I, I believe the website is simply TigerMascot.com. So I think I said mascots with an S. It's just mascot. So, uh... Let me double check that for you just so I don't see it in the wrong place. Okay, I feel better. No, I, I don't. I don't feel better. Uh, it's going to be Tiger Mascot. www.tigermascot.com. Nope. Did I? Maybe, maybe I'm way off here. Maybe it's Clemson Mascot. Oh, dear Gussie, I've given out the wrong address earlier. That's no fun. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the website's down. I could have I could have sworn 
I give out the right. Maybe I'm not going to worry about it. I'll figure it out. Again, the book, you can Google it. Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. It's that simple. But uh, a great inside scoop. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's at the Tiger Sports Shop. That's tigersports.com. For whatever reason, I can't find that Clemson mascot website right now. So I guess I shouldn't feel too bad. Uh, I, I was on it the other day when John was on the show. I know I went to the website during the program, but I, for whatever reason, don't see it now. Nonetheless, let us know what you think about that. That was a lot of fun. And again, I think no fans at these games uh, makes them much less interesting. I think that no fans at these venues make them less than desirable to watch. Uh, The MLB owners, according to reports, okayed a proposal for a July start. I know the governor of South Carolina today, uh, Henry McMaster, came out and had some additional some additional comments on uh, the next steps in the state of South Carolina. Uh, salons, gyms, pools uh, can reopen. I believe that starts next Monday, if my memory serves me correctly on what the governor had to say. So uh, check your local news for all the updates on the COVID-19 changes that are coming your way here in the state of South Carolina. But uh, Governor Henry McMaster will allow gyms, salons, barbershops, and other close contact businesses, as well as public pools, to reopen as early as next week. Uh, Beginning, I believe, Monday, he said that they will begin opening shops on May the 18th. So some semblance of normalcy. I am still concerned that this may be a little premature, but I think that there are a lot of people that want their businesses open. I respect that. My concern will be this is the experimental phase of um, the virus, in my opinion. This is, you know, in science, you have your variables and the variable in this science experiment and that's what this is is going to be humans going out to places and seeing how things go if it goes badly if that variable of you know people getting back in close contact and doing things go badly we're going to have to be shut back down again i don't have any doubt about that that that, that you know if that's what ends up happening my hope is the variable changes people will go out the virus won't spike Everything will stay pretty much the same, and we'll get back to normal. And college football will get back to normal. But if changing this variable over the next couple of weeks shows a big spike, uh, the timeline on college football is going to be affected. There is no question about that. But we'll see. Because, I mean, without people out interacting, we don't really have a variable. We just have people staying at home. So we'll see what goes on with that. But things are opening up slowly here in the state of South Carolina and people are beginning to get back to some semblance of normalcy, which that does feel good. Stay safe. Keep washing your hands. Be smart. Be smart when you're out there. And thank you again for being a part of the program. Thanks to William Qualkenbush. 
And uh, thank you to Dale Gilbert and John Saketa for hooking us up with Clemson Through the Eyes of the Tiger. That's going to be a fun read for you here on the show that shakes the Southland. We're out of here until tomorrow. Or till tomorrow. As always, y'all take care now. And go Tigers!